back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike, and I've got Matt with me. And today, unfortunately, politics has invaded hockey once again. Uh, James Reamer made some comments. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about some uh, some quick Blackhawks news. We got a, we were on a what three game winning streak here, we Matt. We were on a three game. Now we are on a, on a three game slide. Yep. Okay, and um, we're going to talk about Connor McDavid a little bit. And uh, I was actually trying to say Connor McGregor because I haven't done that in a long time, but <laughs> yeah. I might be over it. And um, and then we're going to close it out. So James Reamer, goalie for the San Jose Sharks, who's actually a pretty liked guy amongst every team he's played for. Could you like confirm that, Matt? Oh yeah, he's nothing. Even the fans, uh, former players, I know he was. Um, they called him Optimus Reamer when he was on the Maple Leafs. He was on that team that kind of choked against Boston that year. I think they were up 4 nothing in the third period, and uh, Boston ended up coming back and shocking them. And uh, I think he played for the Hurricanes for a couple seasons. And, yeah, he's a very light guy. Yeah. So um, James Reamer doesn't want to wear pride jersey because of his religious beliefs. He's the second player to opt out of it this season, and he was respectful in his comments. This is his... His quote, under the umbrella of the NHL's Hockey is for Everyone initiative, the San Jose Sharks have chosen to wear jerseys in support of the LGBTQIA plus community tonight. For all 13 years of my NHL career, I have been a Christian, not just in title, but in how I choose to live my life daily. I have a personal faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins and in response asked me to love everyone and follow him. I have no hate in my heart for anyone and I have always strived to treat everyone that I encounter with respect and kindness. In this specific instance, I am choosing not to endorse something that is counter to my personal convictions, which are based on the Bible, the highest authority in my life. Strongly believe, I strongly believe that every person has value and worth and the LGBTQIA plus community, like all others, should be welcomed in all aspects of the game of hockey. James Reamer. So I think that that's a pretty well, that's a pretty well articulated response for James Reamer for not wanting to wear the Pride Night jerseys. But that's not good enough for everybody because the... Um, you know, the other side of this conversation is the people that believe that if you support, you know, the LGBTQIA plus community, you know, you're going to wear the pride jersey, you're going to, you know, you're going to skate out there, you know, you're going to march with them, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, and if you don't do that, and you respectfully, you know, decline, it's not acceptable. Now, I I think that it's appropriate to support everyone. You know, I, I don't think that, you know, who are we to, to point our fingers at people and say, Hey, you're not good enough. Or, Hey, um, I don't, I, I don't like you. And because I don't like you, I'm going to stand against you in, in, in some way. James Reamer isn't doing that. He's essentially saying that he's just not going to participate. He's not standing against something. He's just not participating in something, which I think is a big point that needs to be made here because for all of his career, he's been known as a as, as a great teammate and a great guy and an and inclusive guy. And the fact that he doesn't want to wear a jersey is absolutely uh, ridiculous that he's getting the response back, uh, getting the response back that he's getting. And Matt, what, what do you what what do you think about the outrage behind this? Yeah, I mean, 
it, it, it shouldn't be like this. If he doesn't want to do it, all right, move on. He doesn't participate in the warm-up, and he comes out when it's game time. Or if he, I don't even know if he was starting that game or not, but that's it. Then move on. I mean, we're, it's, it's United States of America, man. You, if you don't agree with something, that's fine. He was civil about it. He was respectful. He wasn't, you know, going in front of a, you know, like a convention with a, a burning pulpit, yeah, you like know, an anti, <laughs> you know, an anti mob, like a lot of, you know, a lot of people do like lately in this country. It's kind of, it's disturbing. And he just said, Hey, I'm going to take a step back and I'm not going to ruin the whole night. And that's what he did. And I mean, that's, I thought it's respectful. It's probably the right, right thing that for him to do. And, you know, there's comments out there saying that he should have let people know earlier. And I disagree with that. And if he let people know, uh, say like two weeks ago, you know, the media would be asking him this question every day and this would become about him and not the game, you know, not the San Jose Sharks. And if anything, I thought he did his teammates a favor by doing it that way. And it's unselfish to me, but I think uh, it's they're making it into something bigger. And it's this has happened in Philly with uh, uh, Ivan Provoff, I think his name was. And right, he actually came out after the game and said, yeah, I'm, I'm Russian Orthodox, and I, I just I didn't want to do it. And my teammates respected me, and my coach has my back. I know Torts came out and said uh, he respects his, his views on it, but this is the way we're going to do it, and that was it. There was outrage for, you know, a week and hateful things. And, you know, they're probably going to still label him when, you know, he makes the headlines again. But, I mean, it's, it's really not a big thing. It, it kind of brings me back to a couple seasons ago, if, if you don't mind me jumping into it, with uh, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. Remember, what was it, 2021? Uh, when the, the vaccination mandates were all in effect, the, all the players had to get the shot, and he didn't want it. Right. What right. did everybody do to him? The same thing they're doing to these two guys. If he, yeah, they're calling him a scumbag. Scumbag. He doesn't care for you know life, and he's like, no, I'm not doing it. And he he stuck he stuck to his guns. It's courageous because you know you're going to take a lot of heat for it. And he says they they said you can't play in Canada. You're being selfish to your teammates. Well, he's like, sorry, I'm I'm sticking to my guns and I'm gonna going to do it the way I want. Me and my wife don't feel like we need it. And you know what? There's a lot of Americans that felt like they didn't need it, but, and I think a lot of them were forced to get it because of their jobs. And I think that's absolutely terrible. It's wrong. And now my wife was, they're paying the price for it. Now they, there, there's work shortages and you know what I mean? I don't, I'm not going to get into it, but now they're asking for these people to come back. And two years later, Tyler Bertuzzi's on the Bruins, and he's he's loved. I mean, even even in Detroit, they loved him. I mean, it was yeah. all forgotten about. But he's a great player. It's just it's like there's a a little mob out there that you know they they don't want you to be a bully, and they want you to accept you know accept everybody. But they're they're being hypocritical to their own message, and you know they're unfortunately they did it to Carey Price too. I think it was this season. I remember we talked about it. This guy's had a rough couple years with uh, injuries and having some trouble with some substance abuse, and he posted playing for the Habs. Yeah, he posted <laughs> a picture of him and his his uh, camo and his rifle, and he says, "I support 
you know, my right to hunt and I'm against this whatever gun law ban they were doing in Canada. The same crowd went after him for that, saying, oh, you support school shootings and all this. It's absolute trash and it needs to stop. You know, I, I think that it's easy to get into the woods because I think that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of instances of, I think, people trying to cancel people in a way. And I think this goes against the hockeyist for everybody thing in the NHL that they are pushing because um, it seems like the hockeyist for everyone is a one-way street where either you agree with a certain narrative and if you don't agree with it, then you're not you're not part of it, you know, which essentially is hypocritical because if it's for everyone, then it should include everyone. So yeah, um, even even religious, you know, beliefs. I mean, we got I know Nazim Kadri is a, one of the first Muslims, and he was one of the first players to bring the Stanley Cup to a mosque. That's cool, dude. And yeah, you know, it, and I hate to do this, but what if he said that? What if he said that he's against this? I don't even think it would be a story, my friend. I really don't. I don't think it would. And and I'd be okay with. And it shouldn't be a story. It's it's his personal choices, and I'm not I'm not going to speak for him. I don't know how he feels, but it it shouldn't be any different for these guys if they're saying their religion is why they don't want to do it. And it, I, it would. I think that Matt. I think that it would be different if the NHL said that as a league wide. We are you are obligated to participate in Pride Night, mm -hmm. and then and then if a if a team or a player says that even though that it is obligated, and the team or the player says even though this is obligated, I am not doing it because of my personal beliefs. That on the other hand, I think would be a bigger issue because it's like, okay, you know, you signed your contract on the dotted line that you are going to abide by what is handed down by the NHL, what is brought down by your teams, which you are contractually obligated to do. But that's not the case here. The, the case is, is that it's not a league wide mandate because these guys are free to participate in what they feel um, is appropriate to participate in. Now you'll have a lot of First Amendment well, issues, you know, in court if that well, were to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah, it it it, it would. But um, you know, it's one of those things where you know they could say, "Hey, look, if you don't want, if you don't like our terms, then you don't have to play here." You know, that's true. Then there, then then you know, another league could pop up with, "Hey, look, we don't care what you believe in, whatever you want to do. You know, you could come and play here." You know, and. Uh, you know, the NHL wouldn't well, like that. So then, you know, it'd be some kind of a, I would think that there'd be a, like a, a bit of a war there because a lot of guys might want to leave with all of this, all the stuff that's going on. I wouldn't on. be surprised uh, if you, like you just said, though, if they do start mandating it. Did you see how fast they mandated the, the COVID vaccination? Yeah. And remember Duncan Keith took a lot of heat because he, he was against it at first. And I know yeah. when they moved him to Edmonton, a lot of the Edmontonians up there, whatever they're called, they were pretty ticked <laughs> off at him that he was against it. And I don't know if you've seen Duncan Keith without the without a shirt on. That dude is jacked. He's absolutely into his, his health and fitness. Yeah. He said yeah. He, he didn't feel like he was, he, he didn't need it. And he yeah. was pissed off when they mandated it. He goes, he was upset with the NHL Players Union for not fighting for him. So... 
It's crazy, man. I'm glad it's getting, obviously, it's way better now, and they don't really have to worry about that. But a lot of people, you know, they did that for their jobs. Unfortunately, some of them lost their jobs because they didn't want to do it. So it's just, it's a mess. And and then if they if they do mandate something like this, I, I think that's horrible. Yeah, I think the polit like I mean this comes into politics leaking into sports and it ruining sports because when I put on a game, I want to put on a game and I want to watch, you know, my favorite team play, you know, whoever it is that they're playing that day. You know, I don't want to turn on the TV and then the first thing I see is, you know, some kind of activist um some you know some kind of oh, uh, James Dreamer's not doing this, you know, Duncan Keith's not getting the shot. Should players be obligated to get the COVID shot, you know, like this type of stuff. I want to talk about hockey. I want to talk about the game. I want to talk about matchups. I want to talk about the draft. I want to talk about upcoming prospects. You know, that stuff is fun, you know, but like this kind of stuff, it's like, you know, if I wanted to talk about it, I would start a a news podcast or something. I think a lot of the, uh, (laughs) I'll say it, I'll say it now. A lot of the Blackhawks beat writers, I feel like yeah. they want to be political people. I mean, just looking yeah. at their stuff and seeing what they post, they jump yeah. at the opportunity to to tweet something out like this. And it's cool. Yeah. Hey, they can have their, you know, their opinion. I we can have ours, but I feel like you guys make it into something bigger than it is and you right. continue to kind of just poke the bear and get in the middle and start like a, a war. And Twitter is yeah. terrible, man. It is so, yeah. I mean, I hate going on there, but I, I love a lot of the people on there. They're fun, uh, yeah. fun to have conversations with, good hockey talk. You know, for me, I love talking history, Blackhawks. I love talking, you know, the old school guys that I grew up watching. And I, I that's what I like. But then <laughs> politics sneaks its way in everything. Yeah, and it does. I even posted something about this. Remember the St. Patrick's Day Massacre? Back in the day, yeah, I said, "Oh, with uh, you know, with, the with the Stu Grimson." Uh, actually, it was Dave Manson and Scott Stevens. It was an absolute brawl, and oh, okay. uh, I, Pat Foley and Dale Talon were on the call. It was awesome. Foley's, oh, oh, what a left hand! You know how he does. And I said, <laughs> "Can you imagine the outrage today from the anti-fighting group?" And you know, you, oh, a lot gosh. of people said they missed this kind of hockey. It was fun, entertaining. And it was, it was just great old school hockey. But then you get some that are just, uh, well, I don't, I don't pay all this money to watch that. And I don't pay for guys, you know, I don't want guys to have head concussion issues and stuff like that. Um, well, majority of the concussions don't come from fighting. They come from collisions and blindside hits, stuff like that. Boarding. Yeah, boarding. A guy not looking, you know, his back is turned to the boards and he gets hammered from behind. So if you're going to give me that, the concussion, you care about concussion issues, then you should be banning hitting in any physical contact in hockey. But it'll never happen because hockey will lose more than half of its fan base. The physicality part is a part of the game. You can use your body to take a guy off the puck. I mean, you, no one wants to see blindside hits and stuff like that. But kind of getting off track here. But... Uh, there's there's a there's almost a cancel the, this group this group is wanting to get rid of fighting they want you to wear these kind of jerseys and you know be 
accept me or die type of thing. And it, it's just getting ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it kind of leads to, you know, like the fighting. I kind of wanted to talk about that. We talked about it a, a bit on the last podcast. It turns out that there is a um, a league, a junior league that is that is uh, going to ban fighting. I think it's like the QJ, MCHL or something like that. Yeah, the Q. The Q. Yeah. yeah. They are they are banning f- uh, fighting as as of next season. Uh, what do you think of that? So, so if if you do it early, you know they're they're not going to know anything about it when and when it comes to you know the NHL. These guys are going to have right. no fighting experience and no fighting at all in their bones. So it won't happen in the next couple of years. So the NHL is probably loving it. You know, because they they're never gonna say they want to ban fighting because they're they're gonna lose money. But deep down, they I, I want think it. They're behind it. They they, they yeah. want it gone. There's no doubt about it. You can't fight a guy with a freaking visor. So they're you're yeah. telling me you're worried about concussion issues. What about broken freaking hands when you punch a helmet? You know. Yeah. So th- you can't fight without a helmet. You have to have wear a visor now, which I'm I'm actually okay with that. I, I think I would have gave the players the choice. I know it's grandfathered in now. You have to wear a visor. I think there's there was a recent tweet. I think there's like eight players that don't wear them. I know Ryan O'Reilly's one. Ryan O'Reilly, Jamie Ben, yeah. Gordy Ben. Uh, you know, like the older guys. Yeah. And I I actually like it personally, but if it should be a choice, if you some some guys can't see. I mean, I, I wore a visor for a season when I was playing men's league uh, inline hockey. And I didn't like it. I took it off. I, I didn't like it. It would fog up on me and stuff like that. But you should give the players a choice. And it it, it is safer, though. You know, obviously sticks come up. And remember Brian uh, Berard back in the day, he was on the Blackhawks. And he actually lost vision in one of his eyes because of a high stick. So, uh, you know, I think wow. his eyesight's better now with the technology and all that stuff. But. I think that they should still make it the choice. Give it, give it to the guys. But I, I do like it. It's safe. But the fighting thing, I think they're going to keep, you know, banning it in lower levels, so those guys don't know any better by the time they're pros, and there's going to be no fighting. And that that way, the yeah. NHL doesn't have to say we've banned fighting. You know, they they let the other leagues do it for them. Because college, yeah, you can't they, fight either. They don't have to get their hands yep. dirty. Yeah, I, I remember Craig McTavish back in the day being uh, the, the last guy not wearing a helmet, yep. and it was just crazy yep. to see, like everybody was wearing helmets except for this dude. Yeah, he was a beast. Um, uh, I think did he that key face off in nineteen ninety four for the Rangers? He won the last draw, won it back, and the Rangers ate the clock and ended up winning their their long droughted Stanley Cup in ninety four. So I remember that. Wow. Yeah, he was at center ice. I remember that. He was a beast. I think he played for the Blues too, right? Blues, Oilers, and Rangers. I don't remember. So, um, before we go any further, I got to let everybody know that the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel fandom and feel the heat for the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major hockey, baseball, basketball, golf, MMA, and more. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit or withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
Now, if there's one game I want to watch this week, it's the Blackhawks versus the Avalanche or the Caps. Do you want to see Ovi try and get a goal? I say he gets one goal in that game. And uh, we'll see if the Avalanche can get back on track so they can uh, try to repeat as Stanley Cup uh, Stanley Cup champions. Do you think that's going to happen, Matt? Do you think they have a chance of repeating? I think they have a chance, but uh, I'm going to stick to my guns here. I think Connor is going to take the Oilers to the next level. Okay. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Show, show notes for details. And Manscaped also wants to let you know that they have a new... Uh, they're into beard products and they have a new uh, weed whacker, which uh, it's like a pretty much like a nose trimmer. It's pretty awesome. Uh, they got the weed, what's it called? The weed whacker 2.0. And um, it's great. The difference between this one and the last one is you could take it in the shower with you and you can rinse it off. And, and, um, and I, I think, I think it works really good. Do us a favor, use code Tomahawk 20 and get uh, 20% off of anything on the website and free shipping. So to get that, use code Tomahawk20 at manscaped.com. 20% off off of your order and you get free uh, shipping at manscaped.com. Now, return to the podcast. I'm glad that this is over with. I hate talking about this political stuff because it divides people. I love talking, like you said, um, about Twitter. There's a lot of good people talking hockey on there, man. And uh, it's fun to talk to, have people who have different... You know, different takes, different perspectives, and when this stuff invades the the hockey sphere, uh, I think it sucks. So one thing we could all agree on is that Connor McDavid is on another level this year. He's got 58 goals with 12 games left. I think that there's a possibility that he hits 70 goals on the season. What do you think, man? Yeah, I think it could be done. The, the guy is, is just in a different world right now, and uh, that's why I think he's going to take him to the final. Don't know if he's going to win. But I think he can get him there. Wow. So last year they made it to, to the Western Conference Finals, lost to the Avalanche pretty convincingly. And this year, you think that th- they can overcome this, this complete team that, they're, that they, there's a possibility of them seeing in the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, I like what they did. Their goaltending is a lot stronger. I mean, Mike Smith was in net with that Kostitskin uh, was their other guy? He was pretty bad. They managed to get rid of both of them and brought in Jack Campbell and uh, Stuart Skinner is their other goalie. And you know what? They're both playing pretty good. And I think Campbell obviously has more playoff experience. And your other goalie's playing hot too. So it, it's good. The Oilers always lack that goalie. That's why, I, I mean, I, I jump to this all the time. I'm not confident with the Maple Leafs. Just because they're guys in that, I just don't think they have the experience like, you know, all the other Eastern teams have. They have their legit number number one A goalie. But going back to the Oilers, I, I just like what they did. And look, you look at Nugent Hopkins, man. He is having an unbelievable season. I think he's at 30-something goals. He's, he's playing really well. You got Zach Hyman they got uh, last year. Good goal scorer. Their top six is really good. Their defense probably is the weakest part, but... That's a team I think that can outscore their problems, just because they got some solid goalies. So yeah, I th- I don't know, man. I th- I think they can get it done, you know, in the West this year because the West is weak and the East is just so freaking deep and good. 
So this is their year. Canada's window is closing. So the in uh, in Edmonton. Yes, I think Connor can get him there. Don't know if he can get it done in the final, but I I think this is his year to get the Oilers in the well win the West at least. Um, you know Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He was their number one draft pick. You know quite a ways yeah. back, and I don't think he really quite lived up to the hype you know of being the number one draft pick and um, I think he is having an incredible season but it kind of goes to show you that you got Connor Connor McDavid a number one draft pick and then you got Ryan Nugent Hopkins <laughs> yeah and then don't forget Taylor Hall too they had Taylor yeah. Hall at one point yeah Ryan Nugent Hopkins he has 84 points right now nailed Yakupov yeah Yakupov. yeah I remember him he went to St. Louis for a little bit I don't think he's in, an no. H- in the NHL anymore yeah, Taylor Hall was the odd man out. You know, he ended up going to Jersey. He did win an MVP one season, and then he kind of fell off the face of the earth and got traded over to the Bruins. And he's been okay there, but not like a first overall guy that he should be. Yeah, not a forty, yeah. not a forty goal guy. Uh, we can't anymore. forget about Evander Kane either. I mean, he was he brought they brought him in last year. He was really good for them. He and he did get hurt. We know his off ice issues. He's he has, but. He seems to, you know, kind of been behaving lately and playing well for the Oilers too. You know, now that you mentioned Evander Kane, you know, he's, I think, been like the difference maker for this team to kind of help get them over the edge because before it was just Connor McDavid and, um, you know, Connor McDavid and, and, and Leon. But adding Evander Kane adds that, you know, that secondary scoring punch that they desperately needed. I think maybe Kane realizing that, hey, look, I'm playing with the two best players in the world right now. I can't screw this up because if I do, number one, I'm not going to get paid. And, or another and, job. And I'm not yeah. going to get another chance anywhere else because I messed up. Uh, I messed up this opportunity here. So it's actually a way for him to improve his image as well. There. Well, yeah, I mean, look, at you got Zach Hyman. Good top six. Evander Kane, Nugent Hopkins. Uh, you got, obviously, Connor and Leon. And then Darnell Nurse. He's, you know, he's not, not having a great season. He's been overpaid a little bit, but he cashed in when all of them were, you know, cashing in that year. Seth and Kale yeah. McCarr. And obviously, Kale McCarr took a discount compared to what these guys are making. It's pretty close. Yeah, he could have got 12. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think, for Kale McCarr, it was more important to be on a winning team for a while and take a little bit of a discount. So it might hurt him in a couple of years, Darnell Nurse, his his salary. But um, like I said, I think their defense is probably their worst part. But when you have a good top six like that and two solid goalies, you could probably outscore your problems. On to some Blackhawks news. The Blackhawks are officially eliminated from the playoffs. It, it's funny because they're officially eliminated from the playoffs, but yet, you know, they, they've been going on these winning streaks, kind of taking them out of what they want to do, and that's the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Uh, at one point, they were kind of hovering in that number one spot, you know, the probability of, of getting that number one pick, and now I think they're in third, which I don't like. A lot of people are saying that, Connor Bedard's going to go to Columbus. That Columbus is going to win it, and I really hope not, man. That would be horrible for, well, horrible for us and for hockey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be horrible. Columbus, you know, obviously Arizona. You don't want to go there. Um, what was the other team? 
uh, who's with us? Uh, Anaheim. I mean, that's kind of a, a, a wash to a moon being on a bad I mean, they don't fill that building up. There's not too many fans. Most California, you know, hockey fans are obviously Kings fans and, you know, teams that win. So I don't, you know, I, it would be a waste. It, it, for me, it would be Montreal or the Blackhawks. I mean, if you're the NHL, this that's where you want Connor Bedard to go because he's going to bring in more money if he's in an original six, big city, big market team. But, hey, it's up to the lotto, man. It's up to that ball. So, I mean, it's, you can't, it's hard to predict this stuff. It's not like, you know, you finish last, you get the first-round pick, which I think it should be that way, but this is their anti-tanking theory with this lottery ball. I, I'm not a big fan. The Hawks have only won one, you know, lottery, and it was Patrick Kane. So, and we've been right. in the league for a long time. So, I mean, I, I would like to see him just do away with this lotto thing. It's just... uh for me, it's unfair, especially a couple of years ago. What was Edmonton, like we just talked about? They were getting it like every year. Yeah, they were. And it was, uh, it, it sucked because it's like, okay, how many times are these guys going to get the number one pick? And, you know, they, they continue on their ways. It took them getting a generational player for them to, to you know, turn it around. And, and they still... Are, are having a hard yeah, time. I mean, it took you them know? a while. They've been having some heartbreaks, you know, and sometimes they're, you know, they're not even close. So it's crazy. They have two generational players, I think. And they had right. three draft picks before that are, that are good hockey players. <laughs> it's right. just insane. So I'm going to say that I called it here first. The Blackhawks defeated the, the Bruins. Um, they had nine losses on the year up until that point, And the Hawks gave them that big 1-0. You know, sometimes this stuff happens, man. You know, the best team in the league goes up against one of the worst, and they they lose big time. You know, every and, level um, it happens. You, you overlook the guys. It's crazy. You overlook the guys that you look at their roster. You're like, oh my god, we should score like <laughs> we should be scoring ten goals on these guys. And then the the, the guys come out playing. Yeah, credit the Hawks for yeah. that. They, they they played a good game. Yeah, they did. The final score was 6-3. to three. Taylor Radish recorded a hat-trick for his 20th goal. Uh, Kachuk also had a three-point night, and newcomer Anderson also scored. You know, and it's really funny. I wanted to talk about Taylor Radish a little bit, that, um, you know, that he's, um, I think that last year, you know, he, he came in, you know, he scored a few goals, and I was like, oh, you know what, I think that there's something to this kid. This year, we're at 20 goals. He's got 10 games left. I don't know if he can make it to 30, but... Um, I think that he has potential to be uh, a guy who who will shoot the puck and could possibly uh, put it in the net. You think he could be our next Sharpie? Yeah, I do. I I see a lot of you know similarities between their their careers when they were traded here. You know, obviously the last year was the trade, but with Hagel he came here and you know like you said he scored some goals and you're like, eh, this guy's got a pretty good shot. He could you know got a good eye for the net and. Um, you know, this year he hits twenty. Same thing as Patrick Sharp. Patrick Sharp end of his uh his second or his full I guess you could call it his first full year with the Hawks. He scored twenty, and you know Radish can get more. And I, I just see a lot of a lot of traits that they have. And it's like when you're rebuilding. Back in the day, Sharpie was here before you know Kane and Taves, and then right. you got this kid Radish. It's kind of it's kind of weird how stuff happens. It's it's almost like hey. Let's hold on to this guy. He might be, you know, good for the uh, future top six because, you know, obviously 20 goals is a big deal for a hockey player when you're, it it, it puts you to another level. Like, hey, 
I put 20 in. I'm going to get a certain amount now for my next contract. And at least at a bare minimum, 3.5. Yeah, and that's, I, I believe that's what Sharpie got, you know, after. Yeah. And then next year, if he puts in 30, that's something to be like, wow, this guy might be the next Sharpie, you know? It goes up to six. You, you, you'd hope like <laughs> y- your young guys come up kind of like Kane and Taves, and then you kind of fill in these AHL guys that are coming in. You know, like Lucas Reichel. Maybe I'd like to see Lucas and him be on a line together because you got that. You know, he's kind of a playmaker. He could score. He he actually scored, I, th- I believe, this week. And uh, it would be interesting to see. Uh, hold on to the guy. Even Boris Kachuk, man. I mean, he, he's been good, too. And uh, it was yeah. a good trade, I think, for both teams. I think Kachuk, or uh, Kachuk, I think he definitely flies under the radar. You know, because a lot of times... You, you know, you'll notice him and other times, you know, he just pops up and he gets an assist or he gets like a, a goal when you, when you least expect it. Yeah. It, there was a, maybe about a month ago, I think he was kind of running around a little bit playing like the goon type of role, you know, taking yeah. stupid penalties and hitting guys up high. And it's like, come on, man, what are you doing? Spending all your time yeah. in the box. And then it, he, you know, he's been in and out of the lineup. It, Radish is more of an everyday guy. But like I said, I think it was a good trade. We got our first round picks. We got two, you know, pretty good NHL players. They can play in a lineup. And over there, Haggle, I, I think he's close to 30 now, 30 goals. He's playing with the top line over there. And it, it, it seems to, it seemed to work out for both teams, which is good. I mean, he's not hurting us. You know, he's not in our division. And we're getting two guys that can play every night. You know, he, they weren't getting that opportunity in Tampa. And now they're, you know, they're taking advantage of this ice time they're getting. You know, I think that anybody, you know, you make it into this league, you get an opportunity to play some minutes. I would probably say like about 80% of the guys, 85% of the guys can go out there and score 20 goals. You know, it just kind of goes to the kind of talent that is really in the league. It's once you get there, you got to keep repeating it. You know, like Patrick Kane has done it his whole career. It seems like he's been a 20 goal guy, sometimes 30. Mostly assists, but once you get to that level, you got to keep going. And that's what I'm hoping for Radish. I I, I see a lot, you know, of Patrick Sharp, man. I mean, I'd like to see him hit 30 next year and, you know, play in that top line, get some more power play time. And that's what they did with Sharpie. I'm a fan. I'm a fan too. At first, I was a little like, gosh, you know, like I miss Haggle already, you know. But, (laughs) you know, you got to take what you can get. And he obviously, this ice time and the coaching change has benefited him you know uh, he's, he's right. playing well with this coach luke richardson i give him a lot of credit too he's got nothing but these guys are nothing. these guys are playing tough for him you know they're playing a full 60 and you know i i give what's his name too a lot of credit i, I alex daylock he's been a cr- great goalie for us this season i'd, I'd like to see him yeah, come he back has. he, I, he, yeah, he, he seems to like love it here <clears throat> it's like a, a, a res what do they call it uh the resurrection of Jake the Snake, but only Alex Stalock. You know, he, he's really rejuvenated his game. He has. Um, the Blackhawks defeated Nashville 2-1. Reichel and Anderson with the goal. Solid outing in net for, by Stalock with 35 that's saves. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> that's a lot against yeah, a team it like is. Nashville. So this guy's standing. That's a lot. <laughs> um, it, do you think it's time to just extend him? You know, just extend this kid? I think they're good. Yeah, they'll wait till the end of the year. He'll probably sign another one-year you know, friendly deal, maybe two years to give them a little security. It does help for players. You know, you get that extra year, you're more laid back and relaxed and not worrying about where I'm going to end up going next year. I think he's earned it. 
you know, we're, we're rebuilding right now. We don't have a goalie that's up and coming. We need someone to play in net, and the, the guy likes it here, man. He's a very likable guy. Do you think that he has a solid locker room presence? Well, yeah, the, from the videos we've seen, you know, like after a win, you know, they'll hand him the belt. He's always got a good speech. All the guys are clapping and applauding, just, you know, laughing at him and stuff, having a good time. Yeah, goalies are characters, man. I think uh, I, I like him better than Mrazek. I, th- I think he's a lot cheaper than Mrazek, too. And he's just been playing better. He's a uh, very likable dude. I th- I think uh, the, it's good for a young team because when we when we were rebuilding our last our last time around before the dynasty, I remember we had goalies like Brian Boucher. We had uh, Craig Anderson for a, a season or two, and then we got Nikolai Habibulin, who's kind of a weird dude. You know, is to himself. He almost looks like he's got like a, a little bit of Tourette's. You know, he'd kind of a lot of body jerks and ticks and stuff, but. You know, sure. we had Patrick Laleem, who was another character, really good goalie back in the day. And, you know, that, that helped these young guys coming up when you've got a goalie standing on their, on his head and, you know, giving your, you know, showing the guys how to be a pro. And I think Alex Daylock has been around for a while, kind of jumping around from team to team a bit. But yeah, I'd definitely like to see him come back. I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Hawks defeated the Yotes. I'm sorry, Hawks lost to the Yotes 4-2 to in a boring battle of a bad game. If Arizona wins the lottery, uh, Bert- <laughs> <Bedard>. <laughs> Bedard should uh, pull a Lindros and just tell him he's going to refuse to play. You're going to need to trade me. you know. And th- at that point, I think that that's where Davidson comes in and says, we'll take hey, <laughs> We'll take them. Uh, I've got picks to offer. Well, you know, what would you do? AZ wins the lotto. And you're going to, obviously they have player interviews before. And if you're Connor or yeah, if you're Connor, what do you say? I I think I said, dude, you know what? I I, I respect you guys as a franchise, but I want to play in a city where they care about hockey. I like Montreal, yeah. I, Chicago. I, I want to, I, I don't want to play in front of a building that, you know, doesn't fill up. My junior hockey has a bigger crowd attendance <laughs> than this. It, it's just, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, you're a pro team. You don't have your own building. You can't even put your logo on the ice. I, it's just, it sucks. I, I think I'd say, yeah. you know what? Please don't draft me. I'm fine with going second. Please. And maybe the Coyotes will say, yeah, we're not, we're going to pick Fantelli or something, you know, but (laughs) Fantelli's like, um, guys, I I can't say that, you know I mean? But I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to play there. It's, it's terrible. I'd rather stay at high school and play, you know, I mean, the crowd seemed better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think that I don't think that he would do that. Or who knows? Maybe he will. Yeah, but, I'm not uh, sure why Lindros did it because you know Quebec yeah, sure Quebec had a good you know obviously a Canadian team. That building was you know great. Fans w- would have been good to him. And didn't they end up moving to Colorado? <laughs> they so did. Can you imagine Eric Lindros, Joe Sackick, and all the you know all the supporting never cast? winning a cup? Oh my goodness! Did they have they the guy was a freaking wrecking ball out there. Great he player, was. and he ended up going to uh, Philly, and they, they gave Forsberg away, and it worked out for those guys. They got two Stanley Cups. Oh my gosh! And that's that's Big a time. guy who, if he stayed healthy, 
Oh my gosh, he'd be one of the best hockey players of all time. Just that's force. probably who I compare. Uh, I, I compare uh, Steven Stamkos to. You know, with that the he injury, so yeah, much more I could see if, that if he too. wasn't bogged down by yeah. injuries. But I, I mean, I've never seen guys hit a guy when they had possession of the puck, like Peter Forsberg. Hey, he'd be skating down yeah. with possession, raise his shoulder, and just annihilate the guy. And you, you never see that anymore. I think the last hawk to do that might have been like Brian Campbell. He was good at that, kind of shoving off a, a check while he had possession of the puck. Not a lot of guys could do that. I'm not saying Brian Campbell's Peter Forsberg because he's not even close, right. but just unbelievable. He, it, it, with Philadelphia, was a, he, was a, he was a beast too when he came, you know, he ended up going back in the early 2000s and stuff. But man, I'll never forget those playoff series with Colorado and Detroit. And even in the yeah. finals, I think, who did they play in the, didn't they play Philly? Oh no, it was Detroit. Who did Colorado beat? Oh, they, I think they beat the Florida Panthers one year. I forget the other team. With John Van the Beezer. Beezer. Yeah, the Beezer was in that, but I forgot who they played. Oh, the. Oh. And, uh, and Scott Mallenby. Scott, was it Colorado? Did they beat? Was it Broder? I got to It, it might have been Broder versus Y. It was a big thing. And then the, yeah. I think a year before it was. I think Ross a better goaltender. Patrick Wah? Yeah. Yeah, four Stanley Cups. I think he he's a better shit talker, that's for sure. And he could fight. <laughs> and I remember him fighting Vernon and uh Osgood, you know, back to back, which is pretty pretty incredible. That was a good story when he uh he said he was done with uh the Canadians. Uh, they left him in there for like nine goals against Detroit and they ended up trading him to Colorado like the next two days or something. Just treated him like crap and he's like, Nope, I'm not gonna get embarrassed like that. He gets traded and goes off and wins a Stanley Cup. Just a crazy story. You know what's funny is that uh, he just walked over to the end of the bench. He's like, "That's it. I'm, yep, I'm not. I'll playing. never wear the sweater again. Here again." Yeah, and you know what? As a goalie too, I've I've been in games like that where everything's going in, and you're just like, "Oh my god, what the hell is going on?" And you look at the coach like, "Please change. Let's let's switch it up here." You know, I'm getting shelled, and uh, he didn't do it. So. That why took it hard and he went right to the GM, said, I'll never play. He walked over the coach, went right to the GM, I'm done. And then he was gone. History. Two two Stanley Cups in Colorado. The uh the Avalanche beat Tampa Bay. No way. In their in their first No way. Their no first way. uh yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I'm looking at it no right way, here. Dude. Yeah. No way. That was that was Calgary. That was Calgary in no. 04. No, I'm talking about 01. No, I don't think so, dude. First Stanley Cup. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, I hold think on. it's New Jersey. And then it was Florida. You're probably thinking hold of on. Calgary. <clears throat> How many Stanley Cups have they won? 96. Oh, yeah, they beat the, in 96, they beat the Panthers four games. Yeah, that was, wasn't even close. <laughs> that, that was the famous... Where they threw all the rats. Then they beat the Devils. They beat the Devils in 01. Game seven, right? Uh, four, four, four to three. Yeah, four games to, uh, four yeah. Games to, to yeah. three. Yeah, that was a good series. And I think you're right. I think Wah was a better goalie than Martin Brodeur. He just played more games. That's that's the only difference between Marty the two. Marty had a really good defense, too. He, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he they had, had like, boring locks. He had the best, yeah. that, that, that trap, and they had the, one of the best defenses for, like, uh, 
you know, like I 10 mean, years. you got Scott Stevens, Scott Niedermeyer, Ken Danico, you know, Brian Rafalski. You got oh my god, those are good defensemen. And then you got the boring, like you said, the boring neutral zone trap game or whatever the hell they played at the time. It was low scoring, and he was he was a good goalie. He did steal games, but I, I just think Wah was just a better personality, and you know, he's kind of a head case, but very entertaining to watch. Good goalie. Right. My top, I'd say my top five, you got Patrick Waugh, Dominic Hasek, Martin Brodeur, Eddie Belfort, and then I'm going to probably have to give Flower the number five because mm. he's working his way up. Yeah. Well, everyone, that's all that we got for you tonight. Thank you for listening. I want to let everybody know that, you know, in, in closing that, you know, me and Matt, you know, I think I would consider us inclusive that we believe that you know, everyone's entitled to their opinions and their beliefs uh, in hockey and, and how they feel. And I think that the, the, the street should go both ways and it should go for everyone. And, we, you know, we're going to leave it at that. So if you want to talk to us about anything, want to comment on what we what we said. Hit us up on Twitter at Shy Tomahawk. We'll we'd love to talk to you. Uh, be sure to use our code Shy Tomahawk at live at Liquid IV for 15 percent off. Uh, our code is Chicago Tomahawk and uh, look in the show notes for details. All right. That's all that we got for you. This is the Tomahawk and we're out of here. <laughs> <laughs>